What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs locked on Dolphins. The Dolphins fall 23-21 in Foxborough, dropping their record to 8-8 eight and eight, and hopefully pushing this season mercifully to an end with a close that has just been brutal. Five consecutive losses for the Dolphins. Talk a little bit about our reactions here today on Locked on Dolphins. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good on Dolphins fans, Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Today is Monday, January 2nd, 2023. First podcast of the year, first post game of the year, first L of the year for the Miami Dolphins falling 23 to 21. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, so before we get there, today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL general manager and managing your favorite football franchise, this game is definitely for you. Download the game, visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo locked on all caps in the game store. So the Dolphins now eight and eight. And uh, had I known ahead of time that uh, this was effectively going to be a preseason game for the Dolphins, I think the messaging on Friday would have been a little different. Now, it's still a bummer, right? Because the Dolphins were up 14-7 to in the second half of this game, and they throw a pick six, and they have another interception, and they give a field goal, and Patriots miss the extra point, and you get in a position where you can kick a field goal, and Jason Sanders missed another field goal in this game because, of course, he did. Why wouldn't he? It was situational football and special teams once again plus the turnover battle. Teddy Bridgewater gets knocked out. Sounds like he has a broken finger on his throwing hand, so it's going to be Skylar Thompson next Sunday against the Jets. Um, but Teron Armstead didn't play. Xavier Howard didn't play. Um, Bradley Chubb didn't play. Obviously, Tua Tungvaloa didn't play in this contest. Byron Jones, of course, hasn't because he hasn't played all season long. Um and yet there the Dolphins were, and they had the Patriots backed up. The Patriots starting a position, uh, a possession on their own 11-yard line. About midway through the fourth quarter, the Dolphins down uh, two points. And you get the Patriots to a third long, and what do you do? Well, the Patriots hit a play up over the top. It flips the field. They go down. They churn four or five minutes off the clock. They score a touchdown. They take a, a, a nine-point lead. The Dolphins then uh, score with a minute left to cut it to 23-21. to 21. But I knew this one was trouble by the time the injury report came out and the inactives came out. Because Howard, and I understand Howard regressed throughout the course of the week, didn't play. Tron Armstead has been playing all season long, didn't play. Bradley Chubb, been working with a cast on his hand, didn't play. Teddy Bridgewater gets knocked out. So once again, you're playing musical chairs with your a quarterback position. Uh, and then the four o'clock games come and go after the Dolphins lose and fall to eight and eight into a tie with the New England Patriots. And the Jets lose. So, of course, lo and behold, throughout all of this, if the Dolphins had found a way to win yesterday, they'd have clinched the playoff spot yesterday. I'll say this. Dolphins don't deserve a playoff spot right now, being perfectly honest. The fact that this team continues to get late in games and find ways to self-implode lose the turnover battle, lose the special teams battle, give up a key big play, explosive play defensively down the stretch. And I understand you're, you're really battling 
You're not getting a lot of help from a field position perspective. You're not getting a lot of help with points scored. Dolphins aren't playing complimentary football. Point blank, period. They're, they're, they're just not playing complimentary football. And uh, the slide now, five consecutive losses for the Dolphins to go to eight and three to eight and eight, is amongst the worst late season collapses uh, in the history of the franchise. We're being honest. It's a big bump. Now, this is the growing pains of a young team with a young head coach who's a first-time head coach. And this, this was the kind of things that you were worried about in a head coaching search when the discussion point of a first-time head coach came up versus hiring somebody who had been in these shoes before. And I think the foil is the Jacksonville Jaguars. I understand the Jacksonville Jaguars are playing a different schedule than the Dolphins. They have different injuries than the Dolphins. But Doug Peterson's Jaguars are 6-2 and two in their last eight football games. They're in a position where they win next week. They're, they're going to win the division, and they could lose the game and still make the playoffs if there's enough teams to finish tied at 8-9, and nine, including the Dolphins. But the thing that, that, that really does it for me is it's the self-inflicted wounds along the way. Everybody's dealing with injuries, right? The fact that the Dolphins continue to procedurally have to burn timeouts in short yardage situations or they get out of the huddle late and they have to burn timeouts, the procedural errors, the special teams miscues, the pick six to, for, from Kyle Duggar that's ran back that flips the game on its head, and then the subsequent interception down in Patriots territory. The fact that, that you're on your third-string quarterback and you're on your own 25-yard line in a two-point game, and what do you do? You throw the ball like seven out of eight plays. Final, uh, finished with an interception by Skylar Thompson. By the way, we'd love to hear from anybody who in the preseason thought that Skylar Thompson would give the Dolphins the best chance to win football games. would love to hear from you now and hear your thoughts. It's, it's, um, it's been a very toxic concoction and blend of variables from a lot of different parties, if we're being honest. Look at the roster construction. There's missed opportunities with how the money's been spent. Missed opportunities in getting proper depth at certain spots. You look at the coaching. Uh, the, the team has, frankly, not been prepared to play 60 minutes in about a month and a half. Going back to the Texans game, coming out of the bye, the worst thing that happened to this Dolphins team was they went to the bye. Injuries have been a factor. Quarterback play has been a disaster all season unless it's been to a tongue of a low playing 60 minutes. And even then, as of late, the 49ers and Chargers games were missed opportunities. This Dolphins, this Dolphins team continues to lose games in the margins. And I think that's the frustrating thing because you made a change with an off, to an offensive coach. You dismissed Brian Flores and you said you wanted to be more collaborative. But you didn't change your defensive coordinator and you didn't want to change your defensive system because you felt like you were close. You made some positive, net, net positive changes, but the discipline, the special teams, and the defensive execution for the Dolphins have all regressed significantly. And we're going to get to the end of the year, whether it's after next week, or it's two weeks from now or three weeks from now. And we're going to look at this team in the mirror and we're going to say, wow, we need to make some heavy changes. 
Now, the good news is I think the nucleus is really strong. The nucleus has talent, significant talent, more talent than the Dolphins have had in a really long time. But that's what makes a five-game losing streak burn like heck. Because you shouldn't be here. But you are here. You are what your record says you are. And the Dolphins are underachievers based on the talent that's available on the roster. Before we go any further on today's post-game show, really geeked to tell you about our new partner and sponsor, the mobile game Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your favorite franchise, your dream has come true, and this game is definitely for you. It is a blast. You can manage every strategic aspect of your football team, play through the season, lead your team to glory, responsible for hiring the right coaches and coordinators, hmm. trading players, hmm. making draft picks, hmm. navigating your franchise through free agency in the draft, and all the ups and downs of a season. It's a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. You can play on the go as you want and when you want to. Locked on Dolphins listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code locked on in the game store. That's locked on. So make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your franchise today. I want to um, read a couple of tweets uh, that I got from Dolphins fans over the course of the afternoon yesterday. Um, this one from David five weeks ago, I never wanted this season to end. Now I just want to be put out of my misery. Worst part is there were so many questions. Now I thought we at least had a couple answers and instead we have more questions than before. Sad and hurt. Uh, chill, filling, chill and filling like the whole losing early thing and winning late last year, better than this. We fold it again like the clothes Gasecki has in his suitcase. Mock draft me. Jay Reek, end it already. Uh, Red Ingram, what is love? Baby, don't hurt me no more. Uh, you get such a baby because the dolphins make me cry here. Listen. Here's my challenge to you, and this is how I am approaching this offseason. Because I've been a lifelong Dolphins fan, and, and unfortunately, I couldn't change even if I wanted to. My allegiances as a fan of the game of professional football will always lie with the Miami Dolphins. But a meltdown of this proportions, uh, which manifests some of our worst fears, manifests and, and creates more questions. It's not a difficult or it's not an easy thing to process. And it's not an easy thing for, process, for me to process either. But here's how I am choosing to use my love of the game while not putting myself in a position to be emotionally turned off by the Dolphins. And I would challenge you to take this ride with me. Fall in love with the process of building a team. It's been the passion that has become my number one passion, really, is the process of getting it right and tinkering and making changes and evaluating the team. A little bit more of a strategic eye as compared to the fanatical do-or-die, live-or-die eye. You want to fan that way, by all means. But those days for me are dead and gone. 
And this season was a great reminder of why. I, I can't fan that way. I just can't. Because I am so put off by the last five weeks and knowing that there's one more left. We got two Atungvaloa in concussion protocol and Teddy Bridgewater's got a broken finger on his throwing hand, according to reports from pro football talk. I mean, you could, and I'll go ahead and pull it up because I don't want to speak out of turn here. But here's the Dolphins' top cap hits for this year. Mike Isecki on the franchise tag. Okay. Uh, Xavier Howard, cornerback, didn't play against the Patriots week 17. Tua Tungvaloa, quarterback, didn't play against the Patriots week 18. Jerome Baker, okay. Teddy Bridgewater, didn't play. Against the New England Patriots. Uh, you guys scroll down a little bit here. Uh, Teron Armstead with the, on the books. What is what is a finagled uh, salary cap? But certainly from a talent perspective, one of our top talents. Didn't play. Bradley Chubb. Didn't play. I don't know if these guys couldn't go. I don't know if this was a, hey, we'd rather have these guys as close to 100% as we can possibly get for week 18, understanding that by... All likelihood, uh, the Week 18 game is the must-have game because it's going to be head-to-head, and the Patriots are going to play the Bills next week. I don't know if it was a calculated decision. I don't know what it was. But um, the Dolphins are in a position now where they're, they're going to have to ask themselves some hard questions with the coaching staff. They're going to have to ask themselves some hard questions with the quarterback. You've got a nucleus of players that are under contract, and beyond that, you're going to have a lot of upheaval. My challenge to the team, but you have to get better at what have historically the last couple of years been your Achilles heels on the roster. The running back position itself needs definitive answers. Whether that is Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson under the longer-term contracts, I think they can be the guys. We got to get better at the guard spot, the left guard spot. We got to get better at tight end. I know everybody loves the production that Mike Kusecki has had throughout the course of his years with the, with the Dolphins. This year is a painful reminder of who Mike is as a player versus who he's not. And for the offense that we've hired Mike McDaniel to run, he's not a player for us. And it especially hurts that that's the player that you committed $11 million fully guaranteed to. For what? I'm one of Chris Greer's biggest fans. But I look at that move, and I ask myself, why? What was the purpose? What was the objective? What were you holding out for? Everybody who watched Mike before this year knew how this story was going to end. We got to ask ourselves some questions about Josh Boyer who continues to go back to man-to-man coverage in critical situations, even though the whole world knows what we're going to run. And it seems like the common theme is teams play a game against the Dolphins and you get into a critical down and distance situation and the Dolphins show a certain look and everybody kind of expects what the Dolphins are going to run. And sure enough, they're leaning on their athletes to do that. And I don't know that you have the players in the back end to, to play that way. It is criminal for the Dolphins to have Jalen Phillips, Christian Wilkins, Bradley Chubb, 
who didn't play, and I get that against the Patriots specifically. Andrew Van Ginkle, Melvin Ingram, all these dudes just in the front. Then you have Javon Holland, you have Xavier Howard, you have Cater Kohu, who you're really excited about. I just that that just listed like eight nine guys, and for this defense to have its back broken week in and week out, it's inexcusable. The defensive performance is not where it needs to be. And I would say this. I'll pull this one up to make sure I'm statistically accurate here as well. Uh, and I understand that we've, we've recently changed to uh, 17 games instead of 16. But the Dolphins, through 16 games, have given up 393 points. There's only five seasons in the history of the Miami Dolphins franchise that have given up more points than this year's Dolphins team. Five. 2019, 2007, 2018, 67, 86, and 2017 also gave up 393 points. If that's not alarming for you, I don't know what is. Because you got 18, 19, 2021 is in the top 10 with 373. And you still got a game to play. I mean, you, you better hope you hold them to less than a touchdown, to hold the Jets to less than a touchdown next week. Otherwise, you're going to be the fifth team and sixth team in franchise history to give up 400 plus points in a season. And it's not outside the realm of poss possibilities that they finish in the top five. I understand you got injuries, but everybody's got injuries. We went out and we got Bradley Chubb at the trade deadline. The Dolphins didn't force a turnover against the Patriots. They threw two interceptions. They missed a field goal, and they lost the game by two points. You sit here, oh, gee whiz, I can't believe we lost again. Yes, you can believe they lost again, because they do the same stuff every week. And that in itself is coaching. How many procedural, how many illegal shifts are we going to have? How many false starts coming out of a timeout are we going to have? Come on, man. We're going to wake up. My challenge to you guys is to fall in love with the process of building a team because that's what this show is going to be dedicated to, is the, taking the nucleus that has been built, the foundation from the last four years, understanding it has fundamental flaws now, and you change directions when you went from Brian Flores in his path to Mike McDaniel in his. You have to change the peripheral pieces around the foundation to match the new direction of the team because you got to play complementary football. Because playing a bunch of man-free and pressure situations on third downs and giving them shots down the field and DPIs and letting Keon cross and try and match guys down the field, it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. We need to stop calling it like it's going to happen. And if we're not going to change it in season, which we haven't, then we're going to get to the end of the season. We're going to ask ourselves some questions about the talent we have at our disposal, what resources we have at our disposal, and we're going to make some changes. We just have to. You're, you're measured on how you win in this league. And I promise you, no Dolphins fan who was sold on the rebuild of 2019 is going to sit back this year and say, oh, well, it was a sure fun September, October, November. At least we had fun along the way in route to a, a potential losing season, potentially missing the playoffs after starting eight and three. With season tickets being sold out for the first time in franchise history. Nobody who bought season tickets this year bought season tickets to watch the team poop their pants for five straight games at the end of the year. Nobody did.
So we got to have some honest, hard conversations. We got to look ourselves in the mirror and we got to ask a lot of questions about the head coach, about the assistant head coach, about the communication system, about the quarterback, about the defensive coordinator, about the secondary and the corners that are over the age of 30 and getting paid $18 million a year. About some of these offensive linemen, about the tight end room in its entirety, all of them, every single one. Nobody stepped up. None of them. And let's look ourselves in the mirror and have some hard questions. One thing that won't be hard is looking yourself in the mirror and talking yourself into buying yourself a box of Built Bars. If you're looking for a delicious treat, you don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try Built Bars. They come in delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut, almond. Not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macronutrients. It's even better as they are healthy for your body with 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with 17 grams of protein. Head to your nearest Walmart, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs, Sam's Club, run and get the 13-bar box and hit our favorite flares, brownie, batter, and churro, and thank me later. The Dolphins have one game left on the schedule, definitively. Here's how it's going to play out. The Dolphins will play the Jets. If the Dolphins lose to the Jets, you can assume they are out of the playoffs. If the Dolphins beat the Jets and the Bill, uh, Bills beat the Patriots, the Dolphins will be the seventh seed. If the Dolphins beat the Jets and the Patriots beat the Bills, thanks for playing your left at home yet again. I don't know what I'm rooting for. <laughs> Obviously, you want the team to win. You want the team to finish with a winning record. You want the team to make the playoffs. Jay Glazer reported on Sunday that Tua Tagovailoa would like to return if the Dolphins make the playoffs. Y'all going to win a game. I've been asking for y'all to win a game for six weeks now. Y'all have got to win a football game. One, I've been sitting here saying it's a race to 10. It's a race to nine. You'd have had this in the bag the last two years. I'm not saying that Brian Flores is the head coach of this team would have taken care of this either because he certainly wouldn't have gone out and gotten Tyreek Hill, wouldn't have gotten out and got a bunch of these players and spent a bunch of money. And he certainly wouldn't have been able to hire anybody competent enough to run the offense and make Tua Tagovailoa as productive as he's been throughout the vast majority of the season. I'm not saying that. But everybody is justifiably upset right now, and everybody wants to know where to, to point the finger. And I will tell you, it's in a lot of different directions. And it depends on how far up the chain your anger runs where you feel as though it stops being culpable. I think Chris Greer shares some of the shortcomings of this roster. I think Mike McDaniel has a heavy hand in the game management, the challenge system, the communication system, the timeout management, the play calling offensively, the over-aggressiveness offensively. The Dolphins scored a touchdown and went up seven points in the third quarter of the game. And you said, wow, with the way the Dolphins' defense is playing, that might just be enough. Well, we come out slinging the ball, we throw a pick six. And we come out, Teddy Bridgewater gets knocked out, we throw the ball a bunch again, you throw another interception and take points off the board. And, oh, by the way, Jason Sanders missed another long field goal. It feels like Groundhog Day. It genuinely feels like Groundhog Day where it's just a different week, a different opponent, but the same script is playing out. 
and the quarterback musical chairs again? Of course it is. There's been like four teams in NFL history that had three quarterbacks start a game, make the playoffs. The Dolphins are trying to, trying to join very uh, exclusive company by becoming the next in line. Sounds like we're probably going to get Skylar Thompson next week. Now the Jets, hot mess express. They went out to Seattle. They scored six points and lost by 17. I wish I could tell you that the Dolphins could execute halfway to the degree of which the Seattle Seahawks did, but I can't. I can't. We'll see if the Jets, they are officially eliminated from the playoffs. The Jets are 7-9. and nine. They will not make the postseason. We'll see if that deflates them. We'll see if that energizes them. We'll see if the Dolphins, with their backs now officially against the wall, but you surrendered your own leverage and your own ability to control your own playoff destiny, we'll see if that is enough to give them a kick in the rear end and play, heaven forbid, a 60-minute football game. Or if they'll tuck their tails and tuck their tails and they'll pack in early as well. But again, the challenge to all of you is to fall in love with the process of building a team, because that is the journey that we're going to take on this show. We have a very admirable foundation to start with, but there is a lot of work to be done. And the longer this end of season stretch goes, the more change I'm going to advocate for. We got four shows this week. We'll do crossover Thursday on Thursday. We'll talk about the Jets on Friday. We're going to digest this, and we're going to continue to set the table for some big-picture off-season conversations uh, tomorrow and Wednesday on the show. So plan accordingly. Hit subscribe. Kyle Krabs, appreciate you guys checking out the show. Fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Your team every day. Make it a great one. I'll talk with you all again tomorrow.